And so your county mayors across the city can replicate what I did, call a state of emergency. Uh, so I would encourage your constituents to reach out to their county mayor and call for that, you know, a call to action and, and declare that state of emergency. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis here, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, and today we are joined by Mayor Andy Ogles. Andy is a Middle Tennessee native with deep roots dating back to the founding of our state. He studied economics and political science at MTSU, and his graduate work was done uh, in marketing at Vanderbilt's Owen School of Management. He had a successful career as an entrepreneur in the nonprofit uh, sector and is nationally recognized as an expert on tax policy and healthcare, having been featured in numerous publications, including the Wall Street Journal and Investors Business Daily. Andy currently serves as the mayor and CEO of Murray County, Tennessee, and it is one of the fastest growing communities in the state with a population of over 100,000 and an annual budget of just under 200 million. As an entrepreneur, Andy started, owned, and operated restaurants and real estate investment businesses for 12 years. Andy and his high school sweetheart, Monica, live on a small farm uh, south of Columbia with their three children, Adley, Drew, and Isaac. Uh, when I started the Tennessee Conservative, <clears throat> Like many Tennesseans, I was worried about the liberties and the freedoms that were being lost all across our state. Uh, many people thought that I was uh, out over my skis, uh, that the doom and gloom was not going to come. Yet here, two years later, it, like a prophet in the Bible, when you see uh, tyranny coming down the road, uh, it, it takes a while for it to get started and it takes a long time for it to stop. And as I looked across the political landscape, there were really only a couple of people standing up for rights and freedoms. And one of them was Andy, and I'm very glad and happy to have you here today. I appreciate everything you're doing, buddy. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So you held a press conference yesterday, which I watched. Tell us what it's all about, bud. Well, you know, um, we've got these, A, you know, mandates that are, you know, an infringement on freedom and liberty. They're an unfunded mandate, so if you have workers losing their jobs, ultimately drawing unemployment, the state, you and I are picking up that tab. Uh, and of course, you know, Dr. Piercy, for example, testified uh, on Tuesday in, in budget committee that, uh, you know, Tennessee was facing an impending healthcare crisis due to an already uh, short-staffed healthcare workforce. But now because of the mandates and people quitting and or getting fired, uh, that they're gonna have to call out the National Guard to help hospitals with staffing. And so the state of emergency was to prevent uh, healthcare workers from losing their jobs and staving off uh, the healthcare crisis, the, the worker shortage, and then ultimately defend freedom. So <clears throat> it says in the Bible that the love of money is the root of all evil. And as I look at what I would refer to as like the, the shameful trampling of Tennesseans' liberties over the past two years, there's this recurring conflict between corporate money, like big, huge bags of greasy, nasty corporate money up in Nashville, and lobbyists and these, these groups, and they're always in conflict with the districts and the individuals, and you got this. And then on the other side, you've got this, the poor constituents. The people that are having to live through all of this that aren't making billions or millions of dollars who don't have a lot of political influence and there's like this big behind the scenes battle that seems to me and maybe i'm just maybe i'm observing this incorrectly between corporatism and conservatism and it's just like this and it's been like this for two years 
What do you know about this behind the scenes battle? What have you seen and what do our listeners need to know about it? Yeah, you know, and I would also say this is also a real struggle between the states and the federal government, and, you know, and that's where your states, your governors really have to assert the, the 10th Amendment and states' rights. When you think about it, you know, there's a contract uh, via the Constitution between states and the federal government, and they're both sovereign, and, and there's a balance of powers there. And so what's what takes place when you have mandates such as Joe Biden is doing with OSHA, which has been overturned. And then with, uh, you know, the healthcare system and, and using, uh, you know, basically weaponizing Medicaid and Medicare is that he's using a rule and he's renegotiating that contract. Well, you can't do that. That's the Constitution. And so and that's one of the things I talked about in my speech yesterday is, you know, we have a contract with the federal government that we're states' rights, you know, because of states' rights. And, you know, there's nothing in the Constitution. There's no powers enumerated to the federal government to manage my health care. And so that right is retained by the states and ultimately the people. And so Joe Biden has really no authority to do what he's doing. So that's why they've drug out these dates. That's why they've kind of soft rolled this in is they were hoping that the hospitals like your Vanderbilt's would do the dirty work for them and force their employees to get vaccinated. And then those that, that didn't comply would get fired. And so, uh, you know, right now, currently, kudos to Williamson Medical. They are now accepting medical, uh, rather religious exemptions. A hospital down in Giles County is now accepting religious exemptions. I don't want to get ahead of my skis, so to speak, but there's a large uh, hospital uh, in Nashville that's now reconsidering their policy on religious exemptions due to what we did yesterday. And uh, so now what we're doing is working and trying to, I hate to say it, say it but pressure uh, Murray Regional because they were going to follow the Vanderbilt model. And as of right now, uh, you know, it's restricted in Murray County. And if they fire a bunch of workers, that, that liability is going to be on them. Guys, if you appreciate what we do here at the Tennessee Conservative, if you will go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support or hit the support button. And when you give, you get two proud Tennessee Conservative bumper stickers. Uh, you can use this to patch things around your house. You got a flat tire, you're going down the road, take one of these puppies out, slap it on it, drive on. These things are, are so adhesive. Uh, they really are. I mean, I've seen this thing uh, pull aluminum off of a refrigerator. I mean, they are made of something. Once you put it on there, it will never come off. I'm just letting you know, fair warning. Uh, it'll be there for eternity. If you give $50 or more, or if you make a recurring donation, you get this proud Tennessee, uh, this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler with all the news coming out uh, here lately. I've had to drink a lot of cold beers out of this, and I believe it has revitalized my health and turned back the clock, uh, and perhaps even pauses aging. I'm not quite sure what magical properties are imbued in this, but it can be yours. And we also send you this handy official directory of all your state reps and your uh, state senators, which many of you use uh, uh, profusely during the special session. And that's why many of us got our, our medical freedoms back. And finally, if you give, or if you go to, uh, if you go to letsgobrandonhat.com, you'll get this puppy right here. And uh, everybody wants one of these uh, heading into the holiday season. We've only got a few of these puppies left. So if you want one, get them while they're hot. You know, one of the big things that I heard uh, in that very ramshackle dash to medical freedom special session we had recently, I mean, you would think something that important would be done with a little bit more care and consideration, but it, you know, better, better that than nothing. The, the constant refrain was, well, hospitals will lose money. Well, federal workers will lose money. 
well, so-and-so will lose money, 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 money. Like that was the conversations, not just like the public conversations because they were having those, but that's what senators and uh, state reps were telling me. And Bill Lee sat on this stuff for 10 days and let people get fired all over Tennessee instead of signing things into law. And to me, like if, if it's all about the money, you don't really have convictions. If, conv if your convictions evaporate when there's some money on the table, then you don't have convictions. And that leads me into my next question. You know, I was heartened to see that you were joined by a very small core of truly conservative Tennessee leaders. I know a lot of them that feel the same way but could not have been there yesterday. And I would refer to them as the Tennessee Freedom Caucus. And in my humble opinion, we need to have one of those up in Nashville. Uh, why have we had to fight so hard to get our own Republican Party to simply turn back the damned clock to 2019? We're not saying we want to go back to the freedoms of 1935 and 1950, which would be great in my book. But we're just saying we just want to be as free as we were in 2019. And they act like we have asked them to land a, a rover on the moon. Why are we having to fight our party so hard for something that is so fundamental and guaranteed that was just happening, you know, about two years ago? Well, you know, um, you know, Dr. Piercy, uh, she, she's a, you know, associated with Vanderbilt, has been uh, one of the chief advisors during COVID. And, uh, you know, based off of her own words and, you know, the actions of our governor, she's been very pro uh, mandates as far as masks. You know, you had workers, some deemed essential, some non-essential businesses, some essential, non-essential. And so it, I think it really is testimony to how much control that some the medical established that Nash and that Nashville medical establishment has right now in the General Assembly and the governor's office. Now I think there's there's a core group, that Freedom Caucus, that's trying to wrench that away and get back to freedom and liberty. And so, you know, during the special session, they should have protected healthcare workers just like Montana did, uh, but they didn't. And so that's what forced me to do what I had to do and really rely on that doctrine of the less, lesser magistrate and stand up for my community. Unfortunately, state law gives me the power to take actions when there's either a crisis occurring or about to occur, a threat of a, to occur. And, and you know, for example, let's say we have a round of storms coming through and, and the Duck River is projected to overflow. It hasn't overflowed yet. You know, there's no flooding yet. I can declare a state of emergency to make preparations for that impending damage, right? Well, I have testimony from the chief medical officer for the state of Tennessee who advises the governor who testified under oath that we have an impending health crisis coming to Tennessee if we're not already in one. And so that was the trigger or one of the many triggers, quite frankly, for me to declare a state of emergency and get ready and preempt this, this quite frankly. You know, we look at a, a healthcare system the size of Murray County, you know, on a ballparking this number, they could probably afford to lose about 100 staff, keep in mind. The existing employees wouldn't get any days off. Morale would be morale would be horrible. Uh, you're probably going to have to cut, you know, non-essential services at the hospital. We don't want to see any of that happen. I currently have around 800 or so employees just that, in that one facility that aren't vaccinated. Uh, it's got about a 76% vaccination rate. So suddenly, if you lose two, three, four, five hundred employees, a hospital is crippled. I can't let that happen. But that doesn't include TriStar Emergency. We've got NHC. We've got the other retirement community here. A community here. I have probably give or take around 1,200 medical employees that are poised to lose their job. So you've got the issue. What is it? What does it do to our healthcare infrastructure? Then look at the economic loss to our community when you start doing the math of a thousand employees. And you know you hate to say money, 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 but you know we have an economy here 
uh, that is built on, quite frankly, the consumer and people being able to pay their mortgages and pay their car loans. And you, know, you have people have to eat. And so now you have a thousand employees that are out of their income. Most families are dual income. Most families don't have a lot of in savings. A whole lot of families live paycheck to paycheck. This would be an economic and healthcare disaster in Murray County. And that's about to unfold across the state. I would implore the General Assembly to call another special session. They should have done it uh, already. I don't think they will. I think their plan is to wait till January. I've talked to many, many legislators on this issue. They do plan to take action. They do plan to fix this. But these deadlines are going to come and go by the time that they reconvene. Well, and that's that's the whole deal. I mean, we got 60 days. Why we didn't contend? And it kills me that Republicans, uh, many of which have come around, killed legislation that would have fixed this back in the last general session. Right. Shouldn't have ever happened to begin with. Like this, this that's is right. a government-created fiasco. And yeah. then the government always tries to ride in. It's like you know, it's like they they ride through the the village and they murder and rape and pillage. And then they circle around town, they change onto a white horse, and then they come through again. And usually they even make a bigger mess, which is what we have here because government doesn't do much very well. So what do conservatives need to practically do, in your opinion, over the next 60 days as we head toward the general session? And moreover, as we get closer to the 2022 elections in Tennessee, which I think are critically important, if we had had maybe 10 to 10 more real conservatives in the House and maybe five more real conservatives in the Senate, I don't think we'd be dealing with a lot of this stuff. Uh, so how do we safeguard our liberties and put an end to government and this corporate tyranny in the volunteer state? What can our listeners practically, physically, with their time and money do? Well, you know, I, I think one thing that should be noted, and, you know, Ronald Reagan, you know, one of my at least modern uh, president's favorite modern president, you know, one of the scariest phrases is, hey, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, right? And and so, and I say that as someone who's part of government, but at least what I'm trying to do is protect freedom and liberty. Um, I think what you need to do is, so uh, on the near term, uh, the, the, the authority right now is vested with the executives of the state of Tennessee. So when I mean executives, I mean your governor and then your county mayors. And so your county mayors across the state of Tennessee can replicate what I did, call a state of emergency. Uh, so I would encourage your constituents to reach out to their county mayor and call for that, you know, a call to action and, and declare that state of emergency and protect the healthcare workers. So that's step one. Uh, in the meantime, the governor could step in. You know, I've been very vocal about all the continuing executive orders. I think we're on somewhere around 90 at this point. I mean, goodness gracious, executive power should be limited in scope, limited in duration. And of course, during COVID, it's been neither. Um, but this is one of those moments, if you're gonna ever justify an executive order to protect freedom and liberty, to protect the jobs of individuals, this would be it. So he could do that. And then of course, this would be a mute point. Uh, but right now it's, it's really up to the county mayors uh, to step up and pr uh, protect their citizens. Well, that is good call to action. And we will try to get our subscribers to take action on that. And you know, to me, if, if you do not believe in separation of powers, you cannot call yourself a conservative or a Republican. I mean, that's like basic grade school, Tennessee state civic separation of powers. And, and, and why in the world the legislature would abdicate uh, its authority invested in it by the districts that sent them to Nashville for somebody to make executive orders ad nauseum uh, is still kind of, I don't get it. I would not want that to happen. It sets a terrible precedent. Andy, thank you for being on the program. How can people follow and find you? And I'll give you the last word to close us out. 
Yeah, you just go to uh, Mayor Andy Ogles uh, 2022. It is my personal campaign page. I don't have an official page, uh, but you can go there. I, you know, you'll you'll get a mix of politics. Uh, I, I'll post uh, a little humor, uh, family pictures. There's kind of a balance there, but I'll leave you with uh, United States Supreme Court Justice Joseph Story, Section 416 and his commentaries on the Constitution of the United States. This is talking about that, that contract between the states and the federal government and that, that, that important balance that is struck between the two. Each by the theory of government is essential to the existence and due preservation of the powers and obligations of the other. The destruction of either would be equally calamitous since it would involve the ruin of the beautiful fabric of balanced government, which has been reared with so much care and wisdom and in which people have reposed their confidence as the truest safeguard of their civil, religious, and political liberties. That's what's at stake here, folks, are all of the aforementioned. Your, 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 your freedom to be liberal or conservative, your religious freedoms, your ability just to have a business and, and to be essential has been proven to be at risk these last two years. We must stand up. If there was ever a time to unite and to stand up and fight, it's today. Well, Andy, it's been an honor. Thank you for all the fighting that you have done. And it's not you're not one of these Johnny come latelys to this. You're out there when people probably thought that uh, your prognostication be, would be proven incorrect and it's been proven instead very true. I appreciate you fighting. Uh, and if there's anything we can ever do, we'll do it. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis. I hope you've enjoyed the program. I'm with the Tennessee Conservative signing off. <laughs>